I mentioned, we're going to hear uh, a lot of Scripture readings tonight, and that's true. Most of them, we're just going to listen to Scripture, and uh, there won't be any explanation of them. Uh, but we are going to read one verse now that I want to reflect on you a little bit with, and it's Luke 23, verse 34. Uh, so let's listen now to God's holy and infallible word. Jesus said, and he's on, on the cross at this point, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. So you may very well know this if you've been a believer for a while. Jesus spoke seven different words or phrases while he was hanging there on the cross. And I was drawn uh, to this one in particular this year, uh, the very first word on the cross, we think, because it's a prayer. And I was thinking of that commitment that we've made to pray for our church uh, since earlier in March, 30 days, three things, church leadership, church health, church growth. Uh, There's a lot that this little phrase, this word of Jesus has to teach us. There's a whole lot we could say about it, but we're going to focus tonight just on what it teaches us about prayer, okay? Three thoughts. First of all, we see its high priority character. It shows us the high priority character of prayer for Jesus, and that means it's a high priority for us too, Jesus' followers, Luke tells us that Jesus began his public ministry with prayer. At his baptism, it was while he was praying that heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. Did you remember that? You know about the the dove, the Holy Spirit, but we read in Luke 3.21, it was as he was praying. And then from then on, Jesus' earthly ministry involved teaching parables, sermons like the Sermon on the Mount, healings, miracles, but also much prayer. He spent a whole lot of time with his Father in secret. I think we tend to focus on Jesus' action and his activity when we think about his life on this earth, but we can miss the praying. But prayer was all throughout Jesus' ministry and his life And I don't think it'd be an exaggeration to say that prayer was the glue that held his life and his very character together. And so prayer should be our glue and the very essence of our character too. And now at the very end of his life, we see that prayer remains a priority for Jesus. It's essential to who he is. Um, A.W. Pink writes, hanging on that cruel cross... Jesus' hands can't heal. His feet can't carry him on an errand of mercy. He can't teach his disciples. They all ran away. They forsook him, right? But yet he can still pray. And he does. And, you know, I, I would think this would be a real encouragement uh, to anyone who maybe because of age or going through a time of sickness 
is just not as, as active as they once were. You know, uh, we've been talking about building the household of faith, building up the church these days in our sermons. And, and some, some of you here maybe could once serve on council, once teach Sunday school or volunteer, uh, but no longer. But God still has a calling for you in his church. Maybe it's that God wants you to be engaged in the ministry of prayer like never before in your life. And who knows? Maybe you will accomplish more in praying than in all of those previous years of so-called active service. Huh? Don't you think that could be possible? On Monday, there was a card in my uh, box in the office from one of our shut-ins, and she, she said uh, she was praying for me uh, during my illness and upcoming treatments. And then she asked me for the names of other people who I felt especially could use prayer in the church. She can rarely get to church, maybe never, um, as I'm thinking about it, but she can pray, and she does. And that's the idea, and that's the idea for all of us. Second, a little second idea, we can see its high-power outcomes. In other words, we can see the power of prayer in this word on the cross. We can see that prayer works. There are concrete outcomes to the people of God praying. Uh, The same guy, A.W. Pink, suggests that the proof for the effectiveness of this prayer is the 3,000 saved on Pentecost after Peter's sermon. You might wonder, what's the connection there? Well, Think about it. Jesus says on the cross, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Peter preached, now brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. Talking about those who rejected Jesus and put him to death on the cross. And and so, what Peter says, that's a direct connection to this prayer, this word on the cross. And, And we might conclude from that 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 is exactly how those 3,000 people were saved on that day. There's a divine explanation for it. It wasn't about Peter. It wasn't about how eloquent his words were. But maybe, maybe he was a great preacher and very eloquent. I don't know. We don't know. But it wasn't about that for sure. It was about Jesus that day. Our Savior's prayer was the cause of those 3,000 people in one day experiencing the forgiveness of their sins. And so we see the power of our Savior's prayer in this word on the cross as we look ahead to its outcome at Pentecost. And that leads us to just a final thought tonight, and that's looking and thinking about the high priestly benefits of prayer. We benefit from Jesus' prayer too. Third, we see its high priestly benefits. It was the fact that Christ made intercession for us, which is a a, a way we talk about prayer to the Father, making intercession. It's the fact that Christ made intercession for you and me that we believe, just as much as it was for those 3,000 who believed on Pentecost. The Bible talks about Jesus as our chief high priest, and that means 
that he came and fulfilled the role of the high priest that was in ancient Israel. And the high priest, what he did was he interceded for the people. He went between them and God. He prayed to God for the people that their sins would be forgiven, that God would be gracious to them. John 17, that whole chapter is called Jesus' High Priestly Prayer. And in that prayer that he prayed right before going to the cross, uh, Christ says in John 17, 20, that he was praying not only for his disciples then, but he was praying for all those who would believe in him. All his people, in other words, in the future, all throughout the ages. So that means he had us in mind too on the cross. You know, this isn't just contemplating a day long ago. Jesus had you in mind hanging on that cross. And and so Christ's prayer here is in a very real sense for us too. That your sins, that my sins would be forgiven because of that work he would accomplish on the cross. That we are saved is proof that we have experienced the high priestly benefits of Jesus' prayer. And we get those benefits, you know. We continue to get those benefits of his high priestly praying all throughout our lives. Jesus is in heaven right now, and one of the big things he's doing up there at the right hand of God is continually praying for us before the Father. Romans 8.34 says it. His high priestly benefits are yours, and you need them, and I need them. When, when we doubt, when we sin, Satan wants to remind God of all the bad things we've done. Satan whispers to God, he did this or that. She thought that. He said those words of anger. Jesus says to the Father, as part of his continuing high priestly work, no, Father, do not listen to Satan. Look at me. Look at the wounds on my hands. Look at the wound in my side. Remember, that I went through this for my dear children. I hung on the cross for him, for her. Remember, Father, it was our eternal plan that you would fulfill your justice in this way and by mercy cleanse all your children's sins. And so, Satan can't bring a charge against the children of God. And so, I think this first word of the cross shows us some, some cool things about prayer. The high priority character of prayer, it permeates Jesus' whole life beginning to the end and it, and it should permeate our life and character too. It tells us of the high power outcomes of prayer. Prayer works. Prayer has results. Do you believe it? There's power in prayer. And this word tells us of the high priestly benefits of Jesus' prayer for us. That prayer on the cross was for all his lost children. Our sin nailed him to the tree too. And yet he still went there to forgive us our sins. And we receive the benefits of his intercession for us, his children, as he's seated at the right hand of the Father our whole life long. 